Hello and welcome. I am Tessa Van Rens. You are listening to this podcast series, Radical Solutions for Britain, brought to you by Unlock Democracy. Everyone is talking about Brexit, but do we know what kind of country we want afterwards? Perhaps we don't need wishful thinking or rehashed ideas, but radical new solutions. So we brought together some inspiring speakers at this year's party conferences to discuss their solutions. In this podcast, we talk to one speaker every episode about their radical idea for Britain. You know, there's always a personal agenda. Politics is broken. And you're stabbing us in the back. Britain's only one of four countries in the world without a written constitution. He is just a rolling machine of self-interest. What he's thinking of is, I want to get into Danish, and that is it. The people are the sovereign to put the representatives in a parliament. The fundamental question that's on the ballot today here, which is really, who runs this country? The only way that this will change is if the public become much more aware as to how rotten the system is. episode was recorded at the Conservative Party conference. I'm here with John Strafford. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm John Strafford. I'm chairman of the Campaign for Conservative Democracy and have been a member of the Conservative Party for some 54 years. Amazing. So let's... This is my 54th party conference. And? Is it getting better? Uh, no, it's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get to that, I suppose. So what is your big idea for the future of Brexit Britain? Right at the moment, I'm going to choose, and this is what I'll speak about today, uh, the whole question of the selection of candidates. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm choosing that subject is because even though Unlock Democracy spends a great deal of time campaigning for <coughs> things like uh, election to the House of Lords, proportional representation, um, uh, cap on party donations, uh, transparency in lobbying, all of which I agree with, if all those things were achieved, you'd still have a problem regarding the selection of candidates in the two main political parties. And today I'm going to be talking about the Conservative Party and the way it selects candidates. So you would say that rather than reform the way that the country is governed and the way that elections take place, we should kind of go a step back. We're going to go right back yeah, to the Because very... the parties will continue to yes, exist, so how they are governed is absolutely, at least as important. Absolutely, you've got to go right back to the first step. Okay. So what is the impact of Brexit on this idea? Do you feel like because um, all the changes that are happening with... Uh, Britain leaving the European Union, this is a good moment for the drastic change or the change that you were asking for in the Conservative Party? Well, uh, as far as Brexit is concerned with uh, this particular idea, uh, <coughs> it's a help in the sense that we will no longer be selecting candidates for the European Parliament. Uh, and in this country, we don't actually vote for a person, we vote for a party. So you're no longer able to, under uh, the European Union, to get rid of an individual or vote for an individual. You vote for the party list, which is wholly and totally undemocratic. And uh, there are nine countries in Europe that operate a closed party list, 
where that system operates. The worst situation is in Spain, where they actually have a national party list, uh, and that party list is manipulated by the parties themselves, which is corrupt, and then it flows into the whole national system, which also makes it corrupt. So that, for example, in the last European elections in Spain, nobody knew who the candidates were until a month before the uh, election. So, by coming out of the European Union, that whole corrupt setup uh, will be removed from British politics. All right. And so you just gave some good examples, I think, of how parties refuse or, or are resistant to changing and becoming more democratic because as soon as they become, come into power, it's in their interest not to change the system. Yes. Well, Do you think so such me, resistance... Let me, let me f follow that up because uh, a couple of years ago I had a meeting with the director of the European Parliament and I put precisely the point that I just said to him mm -hmm. and he said, I totally agree. I'd change it tomorrow. But the problem is, is that the people you've got to get to change it are the ones that have been voted in under the existing system. So do you think a similar sort of paradox exists within the Conservative um, Party? Well, it, a, a similar paradox operates within the UK Parliament yeah. in that those MPs who get there under first-past-the-post aren't going to change it because that is how they've got where they've got to and they don't want to uh, uh, take any risk of a different system coming in where they may not achieve their objective. So if you're dealing with that sort of resistance, how, how do you plan to and how have you in the past gotten around that and convinced um, party members for the need for well, change? Well, if I if I'd convinced party members, we'd have got, we might have got it changed, but I <laughs> doubt if we would have got it changed in the Conservative Party because there is no mechanism changing it, which is what I will be talking about this afternoon. And one of the great problems in the Conservative Party is that all the lines of communication that used to exist in the party before it had its constitution brought in in 1998 uh, have all been eliminated and abolished. Uh, so there is no, for example, motions at this party conference. Mm. Uh, because the last time we had a motion at the party conference was in 1999. Prior to uh, the new constitution coming in, the party conference was actually run by the membership of the party. After 1998, it, it was run by Conservative Central Office and the party hierarchy. And funnily enough, a year later, they abolished having motions for debate. Well, thank you for the history lesson. So, I obviously this is um, begging the question a little bit because, as you said, individual citizens don't have that much input in what the party does. But let's say that our listener is on board with your mission of changing uh, the party politics and democracy. What are the, some of the things they could do to take action? The only way that this will be changed is if the public become much more aware as to how rotten the system is, or alternatively, and which is why I will suggest this afternoon, is that a body such as the Electoral Commission, uh, which may well have to be reformed, but if that body were to have a criteria that only a democratic party whose constitution could be changed on the basis of one member, one vote, that would be, have to be the criteria for which they could be registered with the Electoral Commission. 
that's not so unusual. You know, Germany has similar kind of re uh, regulations uh, in its constitution uh, about democracy. So do you think that next to a constitution for the Conservative Party, the step after that would be a constitution for the UK? Uh, I'm coming very close to being in favour of a constitution for the UK. <laughs> All right. Because, I mean, there are so many things now that, uh, that, that really need to be tackled. Um, and, for example, uh, I am uh, a great fan of referendums uh, on constitutional matters mm. uh, because I believe in the sovereignty of the people yeah. and I believe it is up to the people to determine how they are governed and not to those people that are in Parliament, the MPs, mm. members of the House of Lords, not for them to determine how we are governed because they will just protect their own vested interests. Okay, that is a mission that uh, we share then and um, I hope we can continue to work on that and good luck at the right. event later. Okay. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. You're welcome. This podcast is produced by Unlock Democracy, an organization which wants to give power back to the people. This episode was produced and edited by Bridie Addison Child and reported by me, Tessa Van Rens. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like or a share, leave any comments you have for us or for the wonderful speakers, or tell us your own idea on social media with the hashtag Radical Solutions.